Hello friends, it's Vivek Kumar signing in with the book reading challenge. Are you all excited or ready for the 60-day book reading marathon to make the next year your best year? If yes, you are at the right place. Reading is going to help you every day. Reading is going to make you learn something every day. So let's make this habit and start with our first book, Atomic Habits by James Clear. This book will give you all the insights on how to hack your habits to become a more efficient person. Today we'll start with the introduction where James Clear has talked about his own story. So let's start with my story. On the final day of my swap homore year of high school, I was hit in the face with a base, uh, baseball bat. As my classmate took a full swing, the bat slipped out of his hand and came flying towards me before striking me directly be- between the eyes. I have no memory of the moment of impact. The bat smashed into my face with such force that it crossed my nose into a distorted U-shape. The collision sent the soft tissue of my brain slamming into the inside of my skull. Immediately, a wave of swelling surged throughout my head. In a fraction of a second, I had a broken nose, multiple skull fractures and two shattered eye sockets. When I opened my eyes, I saw some people staring at me and running over to help. I looked down and noticed a spot of red on my clothes. One of my classmates took the skirt and threw the shirt off his back and handed it to me. I used it to plug the stream of blood rushing from my broken nose. Shocked and confused, I was unaware of how seriously I had been injured. My teacher looped his arm around my soldier and we began the long walk to the nurse's office, across the field, down the hills and back into school. Random hands touched my sides, holding me upright. We took our time and walked slowly. Nobody realized that every minute mattered. When we arrived at the nurse's office, she asked me a serious question. What year is it? 1998, I answered. It was actually 2002. Who is the President of the United States? Bill Clinton, I said. The correct answer was George W. Bush. What is your mom's name? Oof, um, I startled. 10 seconds passed. Pati, I said casually. Ignoring the fact that it had taken me 10 seconds to remember my own mother's name. That is the last question I remember. My body was unable to handle the rapid swelling in my brain and I lost consciousness before the ambulance arrived. Minutes later, I was carried out of school and taken to the local hospital. Shortly after arriving, my body began sucking down. I struggled with the basic functions like swallowing, breathing. I had my first sneezer of the ear. Then I stopped breathing entirely. As the doctor hurried to supply me with oxygen, they also decided the local hospital was unequipped to handle the situation and ordered a helicopter to fly me to a larger hospital in the Cincinnati. I was rolled out of the emergency room doors and towards the helipad across the street. The stretcher rattled on a bumpy sidewalk on a, on, uh, as one nurse pushed me along while another pushed me, pushed each breath into me by hand. 
they just pumped blood into me by hand my mother who had arrived at the hospital a few moments before climbed into the helicopter beside me i remembered unconscious and unable to breathe on my own i, I was not able to breathe on my own as she had held my hand during the flight while my mother rode with me in the helicopter my father went home to check on my brother and sister and break the news to them he choked back tears as he explained to my sister that he would miss her 8th grade graduation ceremony that night after passing my sibling off to family and friends he drove to cine city to meet my mother when my mom and i landed on the roof of the hospital a team of nearly 20 doctors and nurses sprinted onto the helipad and wheeled me into the trauma unit by the time the swelling in my brain had become so severe that i was having repeated post traumatic seizures seizures my broken bones needed to be fixed but i was in no condition to undergo surgery after it another seizure my third of the day i was put into a medically induced coma and placed on a ventilator my parents were no stranger to this hospital 10 years earlier they had entered the same building on the ground floor after my sister was diagnosed with leukemia at the age 3 i was 5 at the time my brother was just 6 months old and after and 6 and 2 and a half years of chemotherapy treatment spinal taps and bone marrow biopsies my little sister finally walked out of the hospital happy healthy and cancer free and now after 10 years of normal life my parents found themselves back in the same place with a different child while i slipped into into a coma the hospital sent a priest and a social worker to comfort my parents it was the same priest who had met with them a decade earlier on the evening they found out my sister had cancer as day faded into night a series of missions kept me alive my parents slept restlessly on a hospital mattress one moment they would collapse from fatigue the next they would be wide awake with worry my mother would tell me later it was one of the worst night i had ever had by recovery mercifully by the next morning my breathing had rebounded to the point where the doctors felt comfortable releasing me from the coma when i was finally regained consciousness i discovered that i had lost my ability to smell as a test a nurse asked me to blow my nose and sniff an an apple juice box my sense of smell returned but to everyone's surprise the act of blowing my nose forced air through the fractures in my eye socket and pushed my left eye outward my eyeball bulged bulged out of the socket held precisely in a place by my eyelid and the optics never attaching my eye to my brain the ophthalmologist said my eye would gradually slide back into place as the air speeds out but it was hard to tell how long this would take i was settled i was settled for surgery one week later which would allow uh, me some additional time to heal i looked like i had been on the wrong end of the boxing match but i was cleared to leave the hospital i returned home with a broken nose half a dozen facial fractures and a bulging left eye the following months were hard i felt like everything in my life was on pause i had double vision for weeks i literally couldn't see straight it took more than a month but my eyeball did eventually return to its normal location between the seizure and my vision problem it was 8 months before i could drive a car again at physical therapy i practiced 
basic motor patterns like walking in a straight line i was determined not to let my injury get me down but there were more than a few moments when i felt depressed and overwhelmed i became painfully aware of how far i had to go when i returned to the baseball field one year later baseball had always been a major part of my life my dad had played minor league baseball for the st louis cardinals and i had a dream of playing professionally too after months of rehabilitations what i wanted more than anything was to get back on the field but my return to baseball was not smooth when the season rolled out i was the only junior to be cut from the varsity baseball team i was sent down to play with the soft homes on junior varsity i had been playing since age 4 and for someone who had spent so much time and effort on the sport getting cut was humiliating i vividly remember the day it happened i sat in my car and cried as i flipped through the radio desperately searching for a song that would make me feel better after a year of self doubt i managed to make the varsity team as a senior but i really made it on the field in total i played 11 innings of the high school varsity baseball barely more than a single game despite my lackluster high school career i still believed i could give a great player and i knew that if things were going to improve i was the one responsible for making it happen the turning point came 2 years after my injury when i began college at danson university it was a new beginning and it was the place where i would discover the surprising power of small habits for the first time now friends how i learned about the habits attending danius was one of the best decision of my life i learned a spot on the baseball team and although i was at the bottom of the roster as a freshman i was thrilled despite the chaos of my high school years i had managed to become a college athlete i wasn't going to be starting on the baseball team anytime soon so i focused on getting my life in order while my peers stayed up late and played video games i built good sleep habits and went to bed early each night in the messy world of a college dorm i made a point to keep my room neat and tidy the improvements were minor but they gave me a sense of control over my life i started to feel confident again and this growing belief in myself rippled into the classroom as i improved my study habits and managed to earn straight a's during my first year a habit is a routine or behavior that is performed regularly and in many cases automatically as each semester passed i accumulated small but consistent habits that ultimately led to results that were unimaginable to me when i started for example for the first time in my life i made it a habit to lift weights multiple times per week and in the year that followed my 6 foot 4 inch frame bulked up from a featherweight of 170 to a lean 200 pounds when my soft home season arrived i earned a starting role on the pitching staff by my junior year i was voted team captain and at the end of the season i was selected for the all conference team but it was not until my senior seasons that my sleep habits study habits and strict training habits really begin to pay off 6 years after i had been hit in the face with a baseball bat flown to the hospital and placed into a coma i was selected as the top male athlete at denison university and named as the espn academy 
All-America team, an honor given to just 33 players across the country. By the time I graduated, I was listed in the school record books in eight different categories. The same year, I was awarded the university's highest academic honor, the President's Medal. I hope you'll forgive me if this sounds boastful. To be honest, there was nothing legendary or historic about my athletic career. I never ended up playing professionally. However, looking back on those days, I believe I accomplished something just as rare. I fulfilled my potential and I believe the concept in this book can help you fulfill your potential as well. We all face challenges in life. This injury was one of mine and the experience taught me a critical lesson. Changes that seem small and unimportant at times at first will compound into remarkable results if you are willing to stick with them for years. We all deal with setbacks, but in long run, the quality of our lives often depends upon the quality of our habits. With the same habits, you will end up with the same results, but with better habits, anything is possible. Maybe there are people who can achieve incredible results or success overnight. I don't know any of them, and I am certainly not one of them. There wasn't one defining moment on my journey from medically induced coma to academic all-American. There were many. It was a gradual evaluation, a long series of small wins and teeny breakthroughs. The only way I made progress, the only choice I had was to start small. And I employed this same strategy a few years later when I started my own business and begin to working on my on this book. Now friends, coming to how and why I wrote this book. In November 2012, I began publishing article in gemskiller.com. For years, I had been keeping notes about my personal experiments with habits and I was finally ready to share some of them publicly. I began by publishing a new article every Monday and Thursday. Within a few months, the simple writing habit led to the, my first 1000 email subscribers and by the end of 2013, that number had grown to more than 30,000 people. In 2014, my email list expanded to over 100,000 subscribers, which made it one of the fastest growing newsletters on the internet. I had felt like an imposter when I began writing two years earlier, but now I was becoming known as an expert on habits. A new level that excited me, but also felt uncomfortable. I had never considered myself as a master of the topic, but rather someone who was experimenting alongside my readers. In 2015, I reached 200,000 email subscribers and signed a book deal with Pengium Random House to begin writing the book you are reading now. As my audience grew, so did my business opportunities. I was increasingly asked to speak at the top companies about the science of habit formation, behavior changes and continuous improvement. I found myself delivering keynote speeches at conferences in the United States and Europe. In 2016, my article began to appear regularly in major publications like Time, Entrepreneur and Forbes. Incredibly, my writing was read by over 8 million people that year. Coaches in the NFL, NBA and NLB began reading my work and sharing it with their teams. At the start of 2017, I launched the Habit Academy, which became the premium training platform for organizations and individuals interested in building better habits in life and work. Fortune 500 companies and growing startups began to enroll their uh, leaders and train them their staffs. In total, over 
10,000 leaders, managers, coaches, and teachers have graduated from the Habit Academy, and my work with them has taught me an incredible amount about what it takes to make habits work in the real world. As I put the finishing touches on this book in 2018, Champskiller.com is receiving millions of visitors per month and nearly 500,000 people subscribers to my e- weekly email newsletters. A number that is so far beyond my expectation when I begin that I am not even sure what to think of it. How this book is going to help you? The entrepreneur and investor Naval Ravi Kant has said, "To write a great book, you must first become the book." I originally learned about the idea mentioned here because I had to leave them. I had to rely on small habits to rebound from my injury, to get stronger in the gym, to get to perform at a high level on the field, to become a writer, to become to build a successful business and simply to develop into a responsible adult. The small habits help me fulfill my potential and since you picked up this book, I'm guessing you'll like to fulfill yours as well. In the pages that follow, I will share a step-by-step plan for building better habits, not for days or weeks, but for a lifetime. While science supports everything I have written, this book is not an academic research paper. It's an operating manual. You'll find wisdom and practical advice. front and center i explain the science of how to create and change your habits in a way that is easy to understand and apply the field the fields i draw on biology neurosciences philosophy psychology and more have been around for many years what i offer you is a synthesis of the best ideas smart people figured the smart figure people figured out a long time ago as well as the most compelling discoveries scientists have made recently my contribution i hope is to find the idea that matter most and connect them in a way that is highly actionable anything wise is in these pages you should credit to the many experts who preceded me anything foolish assumes it is my error the backbone of this book is my four step model of the habit cue care craving response and reward and the four laws of the behavioral changes that evolve out of these steps readers with a psychology background may recognize some of these terms from operant conditioning which was first proposed as stimulus response reward by bf skinner in the 1930s and has been popularized most recently as cue routine reward in the power of habits by charles dugie behavioral scientists like Skinner realized that if you offered the right reward or punishment you could get people to act in a certain way but while Skinner's model did an excellent job of explaining how external stimuli influenced our habits it lacked a good explanation of how our thoughts feelings and beliefs impact our behavior internal states our moods and emotions matter too in recent decades scientists have begun to determine the connection between our thoughts feelings and behaviors this research will also be covered in these pages in total the framework i offer is an integrated model of the cognitive and behavioral sciences i believe it is one of the first model of human behavior to accurately account for the both the influence of external stimuli and internal emotions on our habits while some of the languages may be familiar i'm confident the details and the application of the four laws of behavioral change will offer a new way to think about your habits human behavior is always changing situation to situation moment to moment second to second but this book is about what doesn't change 
it's about the fundamentals of human behavior the lasting principle you can rely on year after year the idea you can build a business around build a family around build a life around there is no one right way to create better habits but this book describes the best way i know an approach that will be effective regardless of where you start or what you are trying to change the strategies the strategies i cover will be relevant to anyone looking for a step by step system for improvement whether your goal center on health money productivity relationship or all of the above as long as human behavior is involved this book will be your guide so friends here's today's topics and uh, let's go ahead and just try to imbibe this book and this book is going to help you make habits so it's vivek kumar signing off for today until we meet again tomorrow thank you very much